This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, May 14th, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, extraordinaire, Jamie Ivey. Thank you. Hello, hello, guys. I was, I was searching for the other the other descriptor. I was just thinking, yeah, I think extraordinaire is the I like is the extraordinaire. One. That's, That's great. Yeah. Extraordinaire. All right. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Yoski. Yoski. Uh... So for y'all who've given us a second chance after last week's show, we appreciate you <laughs> tuning in today. Mm. We're all mm. metaphorically wearing Derek Minor sorry t-shirts right now. Uh, apologize <laughs> for that intro. If your little ears, if your little ears heard our goodbyes at the end, we apologize for that. But Jesse right. is the one who said extraordinary. <laughs> so it's not our fault. <laughs> Did you get any bad hate emails, Cameron? No, everybody loved the show. People heard what they want to hear. <laughs> people heard what they want to hear. That was like what I did in that episode for people who didn't listen. There, we talked about how in order to promote, uh, uh, you know, travel in the travel industry, Expedia has is offering people free disembodied hands of <laughs> not anymore. Joe they took it off the Joe internet Joe. after you roasted them. They took it off the internet <laughs> as a way because they, they figured, hey, maybe people will be comfortable flying at the tail end of a global pandemic if they can hold the disembodied 3D printed hand of pop star Joe Jonas. Now we were making we were making fun at this marketing initiative, and I said that uh, you know maybe an enterprising. Uh-huh. could find something interesting to do with this, like make custom gloves and send them to Joe Jonas. <laughs> now, what I did there, it was actually like one of those ink lock tests that a that a psychiatrist will give you. Right. And it looks like like any normal person, any normal human would be like, oh, that's definitely just the silhouette of a butterfly. And yet a serial killer comes along. And like, those are a woman's face. And- yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I did there was I set up a test, the psychological test, and if you heard me say enterprising <laughs> use the disembodied Joe Jonas hand, then shame, shame, shame on you. It is very shameful that your subconscious heard that. Now, I, Cameron, I would like to address something else Please. from last week, if I if I may have the floor for just Normally, a we try longer. to keep yeah, each se- episode it. self-contained so you know, people don't miss the inside context. jokes, but... Yeah. But last week's needs a couple of things to be addressed. So uh, yeah, and I, I'm we, providing we context it. for for those who whose you know safe filters blocked it. yesterday. In fact, last week's <laughs> their filters <laughs> coming that, at eyes wouldn't let them listen to that, it. <laughs> yeah, for those of you for those of you who listened to the episode before the FCC struck it from the internet. Um, <laughs> now the other thing I want to address is a lot of people. I want to say a lot of people were thinking about this and, you know, we're probably just too shocked to even write in complaints. That's my only assumption of why we haven't seen any complaints about this come in. But uh, last week had some really horrific online bullying directed at me and a fine button down shirt that I decided to wear to the podcast. (laughs) Now, all I was trying to do was to class up was to class up the joint because I knew where certain 
people, or I should say certain persons, mind would go when I brought up the disembodied hand. He wasn't <laughs> wearing a button-down shirt, ladies and gentlemen. He was wearing a light blue button-down dress shirt, the kind that the little collar tabs have buttons on them. He looked very prim and proper. He just looked like he was going to Easter service with mom and dad then rather than recording like a podcast. Seems, bro. Which quit. seems like a fine thing to do. Okay. I was, I was so bullied uh you know just relentlessly for that whole mm-hmm. pod i have come i have come today in what i can only describe as like a garage sale uniform like this is a uniform <laughs> that someone wears when there's a garage sale on saturday and they got to move a bunch of junk out of the garage it's kind of a brisk morning like a cup of coffee in hand he's wearing a faded gray t-shirt heather gray t-shirt he's wearing a faded over shirt that's like the 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 red plaid red and black plaid kind of and then he's got what i can only describe with the low res video feed that i see as a blue hat with a pretty little daisy flower on it i don't know now, what you're wearing Bro, you literally went from bro, you went from Dennis the Menace to nineties uh punk band. Like just oh just. Well, like you're gonna leave the garage sale and go to a soccer game for the kids. You got donuts in hand, coffee. I mean, that's not that inaccurate. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to pastor author Louis Giglio. He has um, a new book coming out. Obviously, he's the founder of the Passion Movement and all that stuff. He has a new book out called Don't Give Your Enemy a Seat at the Table. He talks about his own struggles with mental health uh, and how he's found help in winning those battles practically, mentally, and spiritually. Also, if you don't know her, you need to. New singer-songwriter Natalie Bergman joins us. She has an amazing new album called Mercy. Uh, it's about an unbelievable tragedy and then also the peace she was able to find in the middle of it. She's coming up later. Man, you're going to love her stuff. It's incredible. And at the end of the show, we have another game. Listener Ben Stroop is joining us. Tyler wrote it. It's not a trivia game. I just, just you wait. You don't want to miss it. Oh uh, my that's gosh. The end of the show. Tyler, you said Tyler wrote it? Yep. Yep. Oh it's, my it's, deep, it's from the recesses of the Tyler Huckabee Christian experience from the Man, far corners I- of his mind. <sighs> It's coming up later. You don't want to miss it. But right now, stay tuned. Up next, Tyler joins us for Relevant News. You're listening to Modest Mouse. The song is We Are Between. Well, today's show is brought to you by Away, one of my favorite brands. Away is a modern lifestyle brand that creates thoughtful products for every traveler and every kind of trip. They started with the perfect suitcase, which I have, uh, crafted with features that make travel more seamless. And now... When travel looks more different than ever before, you can count on Away's range of suitcases, bags, and accessories whenever you take that next trip. I can't wait. I'm uh, We're going to Wyoming soon. and Let's go. Can't wait for that. I will take my Away bag. Uh, whether it's a trip to the corner store, a weekend away, or an extended stay with friends and family, we're all navigating the current reality of travel. But no matter your destination or style, Away's suitcases, bags, and accessories all come in a variety of colors, shapes, and materials to suit your needs and inspire 
your future travels. All of Away's suitcases are designed to last a lifetime with durable exteriors that can withstand even the roughest of baggage handlers. Every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that includes a built-in compression pad to help you pack more and a hidden and removable laundry bag that separates your dirty clothes, which is super handy. Away products are designed to last a lifetime. If any part of your suitcase breaks, their standout customer service team will arrange to have it fixed or replaced. And there's a 100-day trial on everything Away makes. Take the product out on the road, live with it, travel with it, even get lost with it for 100 days. If you decide it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period. No ifs, ands, or asterisks. Away offers free shipping and returns on any order within the US, UK, Europe, and Canada. You can start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases, at awaytravel.com slash relevant. That's awaytravel.com slash relevant. All right, it's time for... Relevant All right, please welcome to the show our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee, who's covering what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tyler, just before you came on, I told them that there's a game coming up at the end of the show that you you wrote. Do you want to tease it up? Do you want to tee it up for the listener at all? I'm putting the finishing touches on it right now. I'm still, it is, but I think it's almost done. I'm going to, I got to give it another, I got to give it another quick, a quick look. Um, I think when I pitched this idea to you, Cameron, you you were a little skeptical that there'd be enough material to flesh out a full game. And I'm happy to report it could be a two-parter. It could be be a series. Well, well, speaking of games real quick, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't remember the exact name, but my my neighbors down the street who I'm friends with uh, uh, purchased for me um, a, a, this it's, it's, it's basically like a cards against humanity, but it's all like kind of Christian culture references and funny, like little things that Christians tend to respond to, uh, you know, with sort of like cliches. It was actually a really great time. There were some hmm. deep cuts in there, but it made me want to play really? with you guys because I feel like you have to have some institutional knowledge so that when big Rona hits the board and you have like, my spirit told me to stay away or like, you know, it was, it had some really funny kind of uh, uh, deep cuts and it was pretty self-aware. It would be fun to play that with you guys. I don't know how the audio experience would be, but uh, you know, Tyler, I feel like you in particular because not just your your you know cultural knowledge well, and knowledge, and, uh, and and depth of knowledge about Christian culture, but also your affinity for oddly specific games. I feel like uh, <laughs> this is right up your alley. It's become a new lane I didn't really know existed. I didn't know I had this lane, but but it's been it's been very fun to just like kind of I don't know. Am I am I like am I gonna be the one running this game, Cameron, or am I gonna just off Load it to you, and then you have to deal with it. I, I think I'll I think I'll take it because Ben's on. That's just a lot of a lot of mics. You sure, know what I'm Sam. All right, yeah. all right. Well, I I look forward to seeing. I then I just step away. I don't even have to be involved in the process of playing the game. I Your find out what clean. the rest of the listeners on Friday, how it actually went over. I uh, I I, I long time listeners, original listeners will remember back in like maybe 2006, seven somewhere in there. Uh, another Christian culture game came out that we couldn't believe was real. Joel Osteen's Your Best Life Now, the game. And we bought it. You a board better game. quit playing we, we with me. It, dude, we bought it at Target and played it on the podcast. We literally did the full podcast. And then we said, all right, turn it off now. And then we're going to start playing the game. And for another hour, we went around the board. We did the board game. Dude, there was, instead of like chance cards and go to jail, there was a pile of like affirmation cards where you have to hold up a little mirror and say affirming things to yourself. Dude, it was the craziest <laughs> game I've ever experienced. It was nuts. Yeah. The, the game I played the other night was called Cards Christians Like. And uh, it was uh, surprisingly <laughs> satisfying. 
I go. thought Christians weren't supposed to be playing cards. That's what I was raised. Uh-oh. Only, only, only evil face cards. You know, oh, okay. like the Amish. Okay. The Amish invented like there's like this game, Cameron. We played it before together, Dutch Blitz. That yeah, is I like, love that game. Yeah, it's, it's a fun game. It's but, the, but the reason, <laughs> but the reason it was invented is because like the weird prohibition against like traditional playing cards. So they just invented their own playing cards. And it's like the only <laughs> distinction is it's like a woman churning butter on there instead of like a, a court <laughs> gesture. It's like all right, I guess, I guess this is cool. But literally, that's the card. I'm gonna get one butter churner. Here you go. Which <laughs> is very different than the queen. Yeah. What's the big joke? <laughs> it's true. Amish cards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's it's like there's up. a loophole. It's a loophole. Right? Y'all introduce me to something every week, bro. I promise. Bro. Every hey, week. That's not a white people thing. That's an Amish people thing. That's a whole other deeper. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, I don't really have a relationship with the Amish. You know what I'm saying? I know they got, you know what I'm saying, some great furniture and all that. So it's like, man, it's there was like three happened. years where we made Amish jokes all the time because I was like, they'll never hear it. Like, who cares? We can joke about that. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. They can't. They don't know that we're joking about them. The, well, hey, the older I get, the older I get, and the more I like just kind of have, try to have like a sub- objective worldview i'm like dude man the amish might be on to something like, i think so that bro way of life seems so. pretty freaking chill like there's a lot a lot of the stresses you think they're they're not waiting in line for gas okay no. they're, oh. they're not, they probably haven't they're, even hated quarantine they're like this is like this is lovely this is bro, like life. i ain't gonna hold you one day i saw an amish person in a cart going through a burger king i just needed to throw that out there for y'all yeah. mm-hmm. hey, I'm, look, I'm look man don't back. ask don't tell when it comes to that type of thing how is that okay? I get it that they can't operate machinery and electronics, but they they're fine with other people oh, doing no. it. But like rolling in and talking to a speaker and ordering through, isn't that somehow not turning your own <laughs> oh, butter? No. I mean, isn't that not? I see some Amish cats on a plane before though. What? Maybe they were like Mennonite. Oh, Mennonite. Yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. I'm gonna ask the um, the obvious question uh, that y'all know I'm gonna ask. Why have I never seen any black Amish people? Yeah. Mm. I was I was thinking that I, that's a very good question. Mm. We would have to get an Amish person on here, but we can't. <laughs> so can't. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, they're apparently allowed to talk into speakers and stuff. They're fine with that, so they could oh, come yeah. on the podcast. So maybe they just can't listen to I, it. I, I, like, I want to answer that. Hey, somebody from the audience, can y'all? I know y'all gonna blow my comments up or DMs or whatever. Gonna, I need to know though. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I know you can't tell me as the people that's listening to the relevant podcast that don't got some Amish cousins, aunties, or whatever. Or they're or they were religion major, or, or they live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and they just know what? Amish culture because you know, yeah. Somebody knows. Somebody knows what's going on. Just did a quick Google. Uh, the Reno Amish, also called the Peachy Amish, are a subgroup of Amish that was formed in 1863 in Mifflin County, Pennsylvania, and it is a Black Amish. The, the 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 sub yeah I, I don't understand I haven't this is just a this is just a Google so don't ask me any questions because I don't know the answer. <laughs> Interesting. Listen, I think their way of life, real talk, is 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 fascinating. I, you know, I was thinking about this the other night. It was one o'clock in the morning. Okay, and I couldn't sleep. You know, because my mind was racing about the trappings of modern society. And you, so you and got on Instagram so, and you saw me arguing with idiots at one a.m. on Instagram. And you thought, while watching a game show about barbecue on Netflix, okay, <laughs> like the well, the well had gone so dry. I'm watching the great barbecue cook off, okay. Yeah. Like, I watched this it. is I completed it. I can tell like, you who wins. Yeah, and how 
sad is that? The Amish are, are either getting good sleep that night or building something with their hands that will last for generation, will be a cherished item. Or they're actually doing like, the barbecue. They're actually, they're not yeah, watching other people actually do cook it. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I watch, I watched a show where people have a contest of who can cook them the best barbecue in a limited amount of time. That's how I'm spending my life. My few <laughs> precious hours on this you know, floating blue dot in a sea of emptiness and lifelessness of our universe. We have been given a short window and I'm watching people competitively cook barbecue. Like a pork butt roasting competition was how I chose to spend an hour of this life. All right, Jeff, what's going on this week, Tyler? Well, I have, a, this is a, this is sort of an interesting study. Uh, if I say, how many of you know, if I say the the phrase, the Dunbar number or Dunbar's number, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I know that, I know how many kids the, the Duggars have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's, that, that, that is not the news that we, that we're addressing. This <laughs> yeah. Although we have been covering it, relevantmagazine.com. There's news and you're, you're free to go read about it. But the Dunbar number was this number created by sociologists in 1993, following years of study that established how many meaningful friendships a human can realistically maintain. Um, and I need to define this term meaningful friendship because it's maybe not quite what you would think. They don't necessarily mean you're like your, how many best friends you have. This just means friends that you have, they define it. They, there's a lot more to it, but their shorthand for it is this would be a person you wouldn't feel awkward about stopping and saying hi to if you ran into them at the airport. I don't know why, what goes into that, but that would be, if you see them at the airport, you'd feel pretty cool about, about being like, Oh, Hey man, like stop. But that's not a friend. That's just somebody it. you met a couple years ago. They're, work function yeah they're the they, ones that they they're the ones who came up with that but that's how they define meaningful like a meaningful relationship it's enough of a person you're, where you you're don't okay feel okay with occasional small talk with this person therefore yeah, you that's can a handle you can friendship. handle small talks with them that's as far okay. as they went with that okay um now obviously that number can kind of change throughout our lives it usually peaks in our in our 20s like like late teens early 20s is when that number kind of peaks and then it starts to plateau and it kind of stays the same for most of us through 30s 40s 50s 60s and then you hit your 70s and 80s and it starts to taper off a little bit because you start losing those friends. But what the uh, does anybody have it, any guesses as to how what that number would be? I think it's going to be lower than we think. Yeah, I, I've read the thing that they say in life you need five good friends, like real good friends, like yeah. you're doing life with five good friends. But you're not talking yes. about that. You're talking about how no. many people you, you can maintain acquaintances with, like you know enough about you them. Can basically, that, yeah, you can maintain conversational like uh, comfort with. I mean, that's I think that's a big number. I don't know. That's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's different than friendship. I would put it in the dozens. Think about church. Think about your church community. How many people you small talk with in the yeah. lobby afterwards? I mean, there's dozens yeah. right there. I hate I mean, small talk. I hate small yeah. talk. Yeah. Hate it. So it does. It is higher. There's no the average that they came up with in this study in the 90s was 150. Can be lower for some people. Can be higher for others. But 150 is about the mean where it can be for some people. They found it could go as high as maybe 250. Even for others, it's quite a bit lower. But 150 is the average. Or and that's been accepted wisdom for a long time until this new study came out from Stockholm. And it's actually super interesting because for what it found for a few reasons. 
Uh, it turns out that this new paper found that we're capable of maintaining way more than 150 friendships. And that these friendships, contrary to the, the first study, these can actually be quite meaningful, more than just like stop and chats. These can be powerful friendships, but we have to put in the effort. We have to want it. Friendship is a skill, not an inherent trait. You're not just born knowing, knowing how to be a good friend. If mm. you practice being a good friend, if you teach yourself to do it, it's a muscle and you flex. And it, as you get better at it, you become more and more capable of handling more and more friendships. In fact, the study found there's probably no realistic upper limit on how many actually good friends you can have at one time if you're willing to put in the time and effort. As the study's author said, quote, we can learn thousands of digits of pi, and if we engage with lots of people, we will become better at having relationships with lots of people. Um, which I, I'd never thought of friendship that way before. As I, I mean, I know being a good friend, you know, obviously is there's a there's something you would get better at. There's learned wisdom on it, but the idea of friendship being a muscle that you can maybe have no upper limit to how strong that can get, I'd never even considered that. I don't want to. That sounds stressful. I don't. It's too I was many getting people. stressed just thinking about it. Here's what I think about the study, though: is I don't think it's a good definition of friends, though, because when I think there's no way if you're like, give me your list of friends, I would put 200 people on a piece of paper, 150, 175. Like what I have capacity for to be friends with, where like, I know you and we talk and it feels comfortable. Y'all, it's low. It's real low. So you're talking like, you're, but you're talking about like good, like, like, friend yeah. like capital Closer. friend like yeah like that it's like the 12 disciples like, like right but this is just i'm gonna be a friendly nice person i guess the number would be high but really high i mean that's the thing is like i can think i if I, I i can't name 200 friends but i if i wanted to throw a huge blowout party at my house i would have 200 people i could invite and they would yeah you saying friendly too right so right. they're like not friends but people you can be friendly with, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'll see them once a year and it's all cool or they we go okay, to church, we true. wave high, you know, that kind and of thing. And presumably know enough to like carry on a kind of like, how are things with, you know, for sure. Yeah, 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 they, yeah, they yeah, got yeah. kids, they got pets, yeah. they got yeah. job. Like you, yeah, because you, you follow a, on Instagram, you kind of yeah. know what's going on in their life. You can catch up. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. a, I, how the digital world affects that is interesting because there's people I've never met face to face, but I could ask them about the things about their life that they've that's shared, true. you know, and I don't know. I wouldn't yeah. call those people friends necessarily but if i saw them then we would probably all both know something about each other and yeah. i don't know where that and that's something actually dunbar the original studies author uh jamie to your point it kind of brings this up and says that he doesn't feel like the new study is rigorous enough he's obviously he, he has some his own personal issues with it because he feels like it throws cold water on his own study but uh, he says it's just not uh i believe he said it, it's not uh, realistic for how we live in the modern world to have that many mm. friends, which might be true, but it also depends on your on a lot of things. I come back to if you got five good friends, you've got a good life. You know, like real good friends. Yeah, you know, I, I'm friend. I, I know I've addressed this. I'm friends with all my neighbors. We hang out all the time. The, 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 last night, Dane was out on a walk with the kids. I was doing something. I texted her like, "Hey, where are you guys coming back for there?" And my son answered the or or my son called right back. He's like, "Hey, Dad, sorry, Mom's in a pickup badminton game." That's the kind of vibes that we're going in this neighborhood. I'm telling you guys, you go out there and start making friends in the neighborhood. You're suddenly your social circle just explodes. We, I hang out with these people all the time. I got time out, bro. Time out, bro. My man, I need y'all to recognize that my man said his wife was in a pickup yeah. badminton game. Not <laughs> basketball, won, not won, football. That, that might won. be the whitest thing I ever heard in my life, bro. I ain't gonna even lie. Bro, like, how does that look? Is it, is it like people just on the side of you like, 
all right, I'll take George. And then it's like, I'll take, like, how does that yeah. work? From what, I, from, what, from what I understand, from what I understand, there's a garage clean out. It was a badminton mat that discovered and they put it in the front yard. Why not? And they were looking for competition. They were looking for competition. And listen, I don't, I don't, I don't bring this story up to brag a lot, but when I was in college, <laughs> me and my wife were badminton partners and we won the doubles tournament. So, <laughs> you know, living next to So we don't turn down badminton, Derek. That's the short answer to the question. This is my favorite hour of the week, y'all. <laughs> this is my favorite hour of the week. Bro. All right. Well, that'll do it for relevant news. There's, <laughs> there's a lot more where that came from. Check out all that we're publishing over at Relevant. Uh, to follow us on all the socials, we're doing a lot more on Instagram now. We've finally crossed 100,000. Good Lord, finally. And uh, growing that and doing a lot more. We just added to our editorial team. And I, I'm excited for you all to see what's coming out uh, with our daily content. So relevantmagazine.com. We're covering the intersection of faith, culture, life, and justice. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, guys. All right, stay tuned. Up next, Louis Giglio joins us. You're listening to Inhaler. The song is Who's Your Money On? Plastic House. Well, today's show is also brought to you by my favorite sock company, Bombas. Lots of things can make your workouts hard, like being out of shape. Extra resistance, double speed, one more mile. Your socks shouldn't know. That's why Bombas performance socks are built to be nothing but comfortable and supportive. Their performance socks have taken all the amazing innovations that make Bombas the most comfortable socks you've ever worn and added their special Hextech performance technology. Bombas performance socks are stitched with special moisture wicking yarn and temperature regulating vents that allow cool airflow in and prevent overheating. They come with a pillow-like tab to save you from blisters, stay up technology, a special arch hugging system and an extra layer of cushiony comfort on the bottom for that perfect amount of support. They come in different styles for every sport with specific design features to help you optimize performance and keep you comfortable no matter what you're doing. And like all of their socks, for every pair of Bombas performance socks you buy, they donate a pair to someone in need. They've donated over 45 million pairs so far. I love my Bombas socks. I literally wear them every day. I'll be honest, I wear the cushiony ones more than I wear the performance ones. Don't uh, criticize me for my lack of sport playing. Uh, but <laughs> Bombas is amazing. And I love that they give back as well. Go to bombas.com slash relevant today and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash relevant for 20% off. Go do it. You will not regret it. They're amazing socks. Well, if you've been following along for the last month or so, we've been doing a new content series called Quarter Life, specifically focused on the issues and topics you're tackling in your 20s. Everything from career to faith, relationships, mental health, and so much more. Uh, we're talking to well-known authors, entrepreneurs, faith leaders, and others. The content is meant to encourage and inspire you to make the most of this season of life. The series has a new article at relevantmagazine.com every Tuesday and Thursday, and a conversation with leaders and influencers here on every podcast. It's a 12-week series presented by our friends at UHSM. As you're rethinking everything in your 20s, you should rethink your healthcare as well. Go check out 
what UHSM is doing. It's revolutionary healthcare sharing. It's amazing. Thanks to UHSM. Well, our quarter life conversation today is with Louis Giglio. Louis is the founder of the Passion Movement, which spurred a whole new era of worship for a generation. He's an author and pastor of Passion City Church in Atlanta. He has a new book called Don't Give Your Enemy a Seat at the Table, which reveals for the first time the depths of Louis' struggles with mental health and what he's learned from fighting those struggles. We sat down with him to talk about uh, anxiety, panic attacks, and what it really means to take every thought captive for God and how a new generation can find spiritual success in their struggles with mental health. Here is part of our conversation with Louis Giglio. I was surprised. Uh, it, it made sense after I thought about it for a second that Psalm 23 is such a big part of the book because because I, I know the table setting a presence for the for myself at the table of my enemies thing is part of that psalm, but I hadn't really made that connection until you put it the way that you did there. So how did Psalm 23 become central uh, to the book over as you started writing it? Well, I think because. Um, a, it's an even though I will psalm, and that's a big part of this book that, um, you know, life gives us what it gives us, but the overwhelming hope that we have is that we can resolve to think positive thoughts and to think truth and to live on truth and to act on truth no matter what's happening in our world. And even a phrase like, even though I walk through the valley of mm. the shadow of death, and then here comes the flip, I will fear no evil. And there are many, many huge places in Scripture where that even though I will narrative happens. But I think for me, it was the revelation for the first time when I realized where I was and how I felt surrounded and how paranoia had sort of taken control of the story. Like everybody's against me. Everybody's out to get me. I got to watch my back and I got to lay awake at night. And I just hadn't really seen it before that God wanted to put the table in the middle of the mm -hmm. conflict. And mm -hmm. if I had written that Psalm, I would have written, you prepare a table for me in your presence. Mm -hmm. Let's get rid of the enemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. me in your presence. <laughs> And he says, no, yeah, I'm going to put yeah. it here. And it's the same uh -huh. as, as what he did with Elisha. You know, Elisha's servant said, hey, bad news this morning. We're surrounded. The army came in the night, and they've got the whole town surrounded. Mm -hmm. And Elisha just said, Lord, help my servant see. And when he did, he realized that God had surrounded all of the armies that had surrounded them. And God puts the table in the middle of the enemies so that they can see that He is sufficient for us. It's all ultimately about Him getting glory, even though we do get Him in the midst of the struggle. So I think it's one thing to to like kind of realize, like, okay, I am I'm setting a table for my enemies, and I need to stop doing that. But on a practical level, what does that look like? Like, do we just what, what would it mean to what do you set at your table instead? Like, what are the like things you can do? Little mental, spiritual, emotional exercises to do, work on. Like, what what does it mean? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that we have to do is examine the thoughts that enter our minds. And I, I've learned, I'm not, you know, a cognitive neuroscientist, 
but I've learned that I can't control what thought comes into my mind, but I can examine that thought and decide whether I want to host it or not. Um, interestingly, you know, most psychologists say that 80% of the things we worry about never happen. So we've spent a lot of time working out things that don't happen in life. And so I have to see the thought, identify it, and then ask a question of it. Is this thought from God? Does it match his character? Does it match his purpose? Does it bring faith to my life? If I follow this thought, is it going to lead me to a good outcome? What other thoughts are coming along now beside this thought? And once I do that, if it's not, I have to take the next step. And people we have as believers, we have the power to take the next step, which is to say, I reject that thought. The way the scripture says is I bind that thought. I see see it for what it is. I call it out. I reject it. And I'm shifting my focus now to the opposite of what that is and saying, God, I don't want to think that thought. I want to think, and you'll know what the opposite is right away. I put my, my trust in you. And the table motif mostly just means I put my eyes back on Jesus. And I put my eyes on the shepherd who's sitting at the table with me. Well, that was Louis Giglio. His new book, Don't Give Your Enemy a Seat at the Table, is available now. And to read more of that conversation, go check out the quarter life section at Relevant. We've, we have more of the transcript of that convo. You don't want to miss it. It's at the quarter life section at relevantmagazine.com. Again, thanks to the quarter life sponsor, UHSM, for making it possible. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. listening to joy wave the song is every window is a mirror that would be tough to see things that was true well today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform anchor if you haven't heard about anchor yet it's the easiest way to make a podcast first of all it's free there are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Well, today I'm here to talk about a young hero named Noah Bryant. He's only four years old and he lives in Brooklyn and he's a man who knows what he wants. And uh, um, I love this. I'm very proud of this kid because, uh, you know, some people see what they want and, you know, they don't know how to get it. That's not going to be a problem for Noah. He's very, he's an enterprising young man. And somehow he got a hold of one of his mother's devices, electronic devices. And uh, Jennifer, his mom, has several kids. She also is getting like a grad degree. Uh, she's a she's a social work student at NYU. 
Um, so she's got her hands full, okay? And, and Noah, he got on an electronic device, and he somehow navigated his way to Amazon, and he saw a deal that was just too good to pass up. And that deal was boxes and boxes and boxes of SpongeBob popsicles. Um, <laughs> so much so. Let's so go. much so that my man saw a deal and he ordered uh, just over $2,600 worth of SpongeBob popsicles <laughs> without his mother's knowledge. In fact, she didn't, she wasn't notified about it until, uh, you know, I mean, she's got a lot going on. She's a, she's a student yeah. and raising kids in Brooklyn until boxes and boxes and boxes of SpongeBob's popsicles show up to the door. And Noah, her son's very excited about this. Um, and, you know, the story has a happy ending, other than, you know, uh, Noah's mom likely putting a password onto her <laughs> right. devices. Uh, you know, her fellow students, they, they were amused by this. <laughs> and it's pretty much wondering how much you can, how many SpongeBob popsicles you can get for $2,600. The, the question is over 900, and that's 51. Oh my gosh. 51 cases of SpongeBob popsicles. Okay. So where uh, do you even put those? Uh, well, <laughs> In in My Noah God. and her and her two brothers' bellies because they're melting quick, <laughs> yeah. and so she's got no way to store them. It's a big disaster. And listen, tw- that's twenty six hundred bucks. Unexpected bill is, is a lot for a lot of people, particularly someone who's a student raising kids. So her fellow NYU students decided to set up a GoFundMe and try with the goal of uh, uh, reimbursing Noah's mom for his for his purchase. Because again, who can blame the kid? Okay, that's entrapment. You got an unlocked device that has an easy path for a four year old to have unlimited SpongeBob popsicles. That's entrapment for the little guy. Did she return it? I, I don't know if you can return them some popsicles. Frozen popsicles. Bro. Likely yeah. because yeah. they're frozen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, likely because they're frozen. <laughs> so Amazon won't return. But her NYU student uh, uh, friends were so uh, uh, amused by the story, but also you know they just wanted to, to help her out. They ended up setting up a GoFundMe, which to date has raised almost twenty five thousand uh-huh. um, dollars, well over the goal of twenty six hundred. Noah's mom, Katie, released a statement saying. You know, very grateful for this and said that she is going to use all of the money for Noah's education one day and to support any kind of initiatives that he's interested in that apparent that, you know, presumably aren't related to SpongeBob popsicles. So very good, heartwarming story. That's why you need good friends. That's right. Because if you get in a jam, if you get in a jam because you entrapped a four year old with sweet, delicious SpongeBob popsicles, you need someone to bail you out. So good for good for that community there in Brooklyn. Good for them. There you you go. guys, Very I'm not going to throw any of my kids under the bus, but I will say that we have had some people spend our money on, you know, games on their phones. And I, yeah, I yeah. literally would look them in the face afterwards. We figure out, okay, you just spent whatever amount and it's a lot and be like, where did you think that money was coming from? And they're like, I don't know. I just kept going through. I'm like, oh my gosh. So this is how it happens is they just push by. You know what I did with my kid? Yeah. There's a thing called Greenlight. It's a it's a card for kids, like a debit card for kids. Yeah. And there's an app for parents. And so they have a physical card with their name on it and everything. And obviously it's it works like a regular credit card. And the parent has an app and you can push money to it. They can earn money. They can earn interest. We've done something so like this. It's Cohen great. has the app. And so when he earns more money, he puts a certain amount into spending, certain amount into giving, certain amount into savings. And so he manages his own money. And then he has a certain amount for spending. And you as a parent can 
approve like where he can spend it, like like wow. only Seven Eleven on the corner or anywhere or whatever. You can like block certain stores or whatever. So what we did is we took my card off of the video games and put his card onto the video games. So if That's he wants good. to get any of the video games, he's got to come to dad and ask. Can I go earn some money? Can I do a chore? And then I get some, you know, so that, that's that was a game changer for us. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's dope. yeah, when your yeah. app store is connected to the parents uh, credit uh-huh. card and the kids Oof. are like, oh, free money. Look at this. Don't. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, what do you have, Jamie? Okay. So you guys, uh, here we are. It's the middle of May uh, mm-hmm. and everyone is ready to travel. Do any of you guys have travel plans for the summer? Yeah. We all have plans next yeah. week. Yeah. The three of us are going oh. to Wyoming. Look at y'all. Yeah, we we finna go somewhere though. We go. We finna go kick it in Wyoming. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, I'm li- the one staying here. Have you guys been on a plane since? I know you have, Cameron, Jesse, Derek. Have you guys been on a pa- plane since pandem- uh, no. pandemic? No, no, I have not. Oh, it's full. Don't worry. You're gonna have a seatmate. But um, there is a new study out that says uh, over 60% of people are already creating like this summer bucket list. And not like we just want a vacation, but like I want to do something big. A lot of people are ready to travel this summer. Popular plans include camping, water skiing, all kinds of outdoor things. This is what I found interesting, you guys, is that driving top the list of travel options. Like, okay, I'm gonna take my own car to be the safest. Guys, what came before flying was cruising. And I was like, cruising? Mm-hmm. That does not feel like the safest for me. Remember, you know how many people you're stuck with on a cruise? A lot. Mm. It's fantastic. It's well, we've already had Oh, yeah, we already discussion. talked about this. I got, yeah. I, <laughs> I need Cameron wait. to take me on a real cruise. <laughs> I'm already looking at the fall dates, y'all. Oh, wow. How about this, Cameron? What if we take a cruise and we do a relevant recording on the cruise? Done. Done. A good, but, a, but please, man. Not carnival. Because this is it. If 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 this if we do this and this is not mm-hmm. the best cruise of my life, bro, I'm mm-hmm. never stepping on a boat again. We're not going on carnival. Carnival, carnival, the Greyhound bus of of cruising. They are their COVID precautions are they just hose everything down once a day. They're not, they're not <laughs> taking care of stuff. Everything is kind of wet, kind of like a buffet, kind of like Golden Corral. The entire boat feels like Golden Corral. It is not what you're talking about. We're gonna okay. do Royal Caribbean. They're right. pristine. We're gonna we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna go to the islands. It'll be great, guys. I'm not playing. Relevant listeners, tell it's us done. you're ready for this. I'm with it. Let's do, do it. it. I'm with it. So it's summer and people are ready to go. People are getting vaccinated. They're ready to get out. We've been a year of um, staying in our houses, and most people are saying, "I want to do something outdoors." Like you guys going to Montana. So that's what people are looking forward to this summer. Hmm. I want to take Cohen. I want to take Cohen to like a big national park or something like the great outdoors, fresh air. You know, I think we're going to Zion this summer. Really? Zion National oh, Park. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The summer's uh, my 20th wedding anniversary. So we're. Oh, wow. Congrats. I know. So here we go. Congratulations. Very cool. So like, are y'all thinking about other than you're going to Zion? Are you guys thinking about family vacation or anything? We're making our triumphant return to the Jersey Shore this summer. <laughs> Uh, on a family vacation. Uh, Spray tan, got the the gel ready. Big facts, big facts. I've been uh, doing a lot of ab core work, Uh uh, getting ready for the big summer vacay. Um, Into into the tank tops, yeah. Derek's working on his summer bod. I was, but man, y'all don't know. My wife, man, look, my wife has a catering business, man, and she just made (laughs) banana pudding cupcakes and... Yeah, yeah, and she just made uh, a peach cobbler ice cream cone. So, oh my gosh, it's if I show I y'all the Noah pictures, those. They're, they're, it's, mm. they're ignorant. So it's like 
she be sabotaging my uh, hot boy summer endeavors. <laughs> Just no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. It's something about something about I don't. I you know, COVID has affected. I feel like the American appetite for sweets. I was at I was at a a buddy of mine in my neighborhood has a uh, like an Airbnb down at the beach, and it was a weekend where no one was there, so he invited a couple of us to come down, have a little guys weekend, play some cards, you know. And this one guy brought uh, he brought a bunch of bags of Oreos. Everyone was contributing food and drinks and and the like. My man ate ninety four Oreos over the course of three days, and was did you having say ninety four Oreos? He couldn't stop himself. He could not stop himself. He went on an Oreo binge. I mean, we were concerned. I he would woke be up. concerned. I've, I've never seen someone nearly overdose on Oreos. Like he had, he was legitimately Dang. having an Oreo hangover. Yeah, you know, like it's something about you know the 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 the, the hardest thing I think for people. As life kind of gets back to normal, is to get out of like our eating habits where we've just kind of like, hey man, it's a lockdown. We just got to eat whatever we want. I think the hardest thing coming out of COVID is going to be fitting back into their clothes that they fit in before COVID because of their like you pack uh, eating a bag habits. And you get there to discover that your shorts They've don't got fit. that light yeah. blue button down for the meeting and it ain't quite getting there the way it used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you have, Derek? Uh, Superman going to be black uh, in the next movies. So, um, Wait, this was officially announced? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Wow. The Hollywood Reporter just said, uh, they just reported about it. So I'm just let y'all know, I'm going to be talking crazy. Like, man, if y'all following me on IG, y'all just going to get ready. Because when the black Superman pull up, Derek, it, y'all not going to be able to do nothing with me right now. Y'all can't do nothing with me now. So just know black Superman, indestructible, it's over. Because you love Superman, right? Uh, I don't know about love. I thought he was your fave. No, Batman, Batman. Oh, Batman. Batman. Okay. Yeah, Batman is my guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. but yeah, you know, I rock with Superman. I think it's just the fact that I, I think the main reason why I'm gonna be flexing so hard because I know it's gonna be a bunch of upset uh white people that's gonna be mad that Superman got turned black. So. A fictional, a fictional, <laughs> a fictional character. Wait, you're telling me a fictional white guy? <laughs> Can actually be a fictional black guy, too? A fictional alien white dude. First off, they made the alien white. That joke is hilarious. (laughs) But anyway, but nah, I mean, just being honest, like, really, a lot of, but I've seen a lot of pushback with this, even from a lot of black people, because they've been like, like, why turn Clark Kent black? Like, there's other black superheroes that Mm -hmm. you can fund. Like, you know, you got, um, you know, you got, Hmm. actually, there is a black Superman named Val Zod. So, why turn Kal-El black instead of do Val Zod? Like Val Zod's story is, it's very similar uh, and they could do that, but it seems like they're going with this Kal-El narrative. I mean, you have a static shock you could do. They could, I mean, they had a cyborg movie that they were going to do, but they didn't mm-hmm. do it. So I, in all just, I'm not going, I mean, you know, I, I kind of really feel like it's a little odd because I'm like, there's so many, like even Jon Stewart, the uh, Green Lantern, they could do a Green Lantern Batman, I mean, Superman, like, why turn, like, Clark Kent? Like, I'm okay with Clark Kent being white. I ain't going to even lie. But, I mean, I'm kind of interested to see how this is going to get pulled off because mm. it seems kind of, seems a little odd. It, I ain't going to even lie. Is it, is, so it is the same. So, like, with, uh, you know, like the Marvel Universe, you know, the, the like, the shield represents sort of the passing of the torch from one Captain America to the next. But yes. both aren't Steve Rogers. They're both Captain America, yes. but they're they're two storylines that exist, you know, in the same story, right? right? 
so would this be like a reboot or would this Superman, I guess it's yet to be determined, share the same universe as like Henry Cavell, who currently plays Superman. You know what I'm saying? Like, is this a shared or is this like a total reboot or is that yet to be determined? Yeah, I think it's yet to be determined. To be honest, DC is so upside down, especially with their films. No one yeah. really knows what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, it seems like they're rewriting the story to where the hmm. Henry Cavill Clark Kent, Kal-El character is going to be a black guy. Hmm, and yeah. I don't, so I'm like, is he going to be a black dude? They dropped him off in Kansas or did he get, did, you know, did his, did his spaceship land in Detroit? Like it's probably in the Amish country. <laughs> in the Amish country. He's a rental yeah. Amish. He founded uh-huh. an Amish community of, yeah, of, <laughs> of you know, black Amish. To me, I was just going to be honest. It just feels like I'm like, man, y'all might be doing a little bit of reaching. I ain't going to even lie. All like, right. Well, if you're, if you're super into superhero stuff and Derek saying things that make a lot of uh, sheltered white people mad, follow him on Twitter because he'll be talking about it nonstop. <laughs> And come get come get triggered. If you're not, if you're not, I saw you ask one time. Somebody said like, "Why don't you do an account just for your music and your fans, and then keep your oh, personal yeah. stuff in a different account?" And you were like, "Hey, is this a good idea? Have you considered doing that? Or are you gonna just no, double bro, down and I, be like, do you love all of me, or you love none of me?" I literally posted that just to troll those people. Like there was never <laughs> once a consideration of splitting my accounts. Not one yeah. time. Like I am perfectly fine with people being hey you are wonderfully and perfectly made in the image of god and you should not have Mm. to apologize for being Derek minor Mm. Mm. friends are friends forever the lord's the lord of them i don't know why that came up all right that'll do it for slices stay tuned up next natalie bergman joins us i got a devil's haircut in my mind just got a devil's haircut in my mind it's got a devil's haircut in my mind it's got a devil's haircut in my mind You're listening to The Knox and Foster the People with their cover of Devil's Haircut. Ah, Beck. Well, Natalie Bergman is a singer and songwriter. You may have heard of her as one half of the folk pop duo Wild Bell. Her new album, Mercy, was inspired by and dedicated to the era of grief she endured after her father was suddenly killed by a drunk driver. Natalie spent several weeks in silence and solitude, seeking God and writing what would become her first solo album. If you listen, you'll see why we're so excited about it. Our very own Tyler Huckabee talked to Natalie about the grief and loss she endured, how the Psalms ended up inspiring her new album, and why she hopes that it's ultimately a testament to hope. Here is Natalie Bergman. There is a really palpable amount of 
yourself in this album and your own vulnerability and i think that's always the goal with art like i don't know if it's even possible to create art without it but this really does feel like you um like you just emptied yourself into mercy and i don't know how deliberate that was on your end but i it feels like you you really didn't there's nothing you held back from it sure i i think that's kind of an accurate assessment and i i do think people are probably responding to the honesty um, because people people want the truth and they want the core of somebody you know they, they want the honest core of, of someone's experience and I've, I've had some really beautiful feedback on, on this album and I think that ultimately we can all relate to heartache and everybody has lost somebody that they love in their lives and especially you know right now during the pandemic i mean there's been so many deaths in the country and i i think that the music is um speaking to people who need it right now get the news about losing your father when you lose somebody who's always been there your entire reality gets unmoored sort of you're part of a defining element of who you are in connection to everybody else around you there's there's feels like there's a piece missing up is down and, and left is right and i don't know how to make sense of this new reality absolutely i sang about it in one of my songs your love is my shelter but i when I was reading A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis, which is an incredible book about dealing with death. And my dad gave it to me after my mother died and I I never read it. And when he died, I, I picked it up. It brought me some comfort to read that book. And one of the things C.S. Lewis says is that death is, is like an amputation. What that meant and how that resonated with me and what you're saying if you lose your arm, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna go on with your life eventually, but this is a crucial limb that you need. You need your hands, you need your eyes. We need our bodies. Our bodies are designed in this perfect way and and we need every part of it. And then suddenly a major part of your body is removed from you. And, you know, whether you're having these phantom pains, which I do have, I have these urges to call my dad. I still, I just get the desire to tell him good news or or bad news. You, You learn to live without them, but you need your limbs and you need your parents. Six months, he's been gone. loved about this album just how you wrote about god through that level of honesty you didn't try to to dress it up or make it sound like anything that it wasn't uh you were just you were just singing about god which sounds very simple and silly but but my god it really worked well thank you i i think that some of the great songwriters like bob dylan he always 
he's mysterious. And、mm-hmm. one of the reasons why he's such a great songwriter is because there's, there's the mystery in the song. He's such a great storyteller. He's one of the all time storytellers, all time greatest storytellers. And then. And then you pair it with a little bit of mystery, and that's just a perfect combination. Now, on、mm-hmm. my album, I would say there's not a lot of mystery. It's very explicit, it's very literal. And going back to the idea of not being afraid or not being judgmental or overly critical of myself, I just. I just was not afraid to say what I wanted to say on this album and speak from my heart and reference the Psalms, which are so poetic and beautiful. And it's, I mean, the Bible is a masterful work of art. And, you know, borrowing from the writing, recycling it, making my own lyrics. I wasn't afraid to say what I wanted to say, and I wasn't afraid to sing about Jesus either. <laughs> Natalie Bergman, make sure to check out her new album, Mercy. It's available now. It's incredible. Stay tuned. Oh boy, it's the game I told you about. This week on Relevant Recommends, we're talking about the Underground Railroad, Barry Jenkins' TV adaptation of Colson Whitehead's alternative historical fiction, which depicts the abolitionist Underground Railroad as a literal Underground Railroad. It's one of the best shows of the year, and we talk about that and other new TV headed your way over at relevantmagazine.com. You're listening to Dayglow. The song is Balcony. Okay, it is time for the game that we told you about at the beginning of this show. This game is called. That's the book for me. So, centuries ago, Gutenberg, Johannes Gutenberg, could have only imagined the vast, customizable possibilities that his movable type printing press would eventually allow in the world of Bible publishing. He probably wouldn't have guessed that one day, this is written by Tyler. Readers would have access to a vast array of oddly specific choices when it comes to their Bible reading preferences. From New Testaments designed for various seemingly random professions to Bibles marketed to every individual member of the family with options for different marital statuses and levels of extremeness, the possibilities are seemingly endless, but how endless. For this game, in each round, I'm going to read four Bibles. Three are fake, one is real. You must choose which Bible is the actual novelty Bible you could buy right now if you wanted to. All right. So that's the, that's the game. That's,、uh, that's the book for me. Joining us, we're going to do teams again. So joining us for today's game is our favorite listener by a mile, Ben Stroop. Welcome back to the show, Ben. 
Uh, I just found a new Twitter profile bio. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, remind the listeners who don't know you where you're calling us from. What part of the country? Uh, I'm from Richmond, Kentucky. Richmond, Kentucky. And your profession there is? I am a pastor. Which I feel like he has a, a, a leg up in the game. I want to be on his team. No, because oh. you're the pastor. You're the pastor. Yeah, you're the pastor. You know what I'm like, no, that's, that's just Jordan and LeBron. No, so teams are going to be Derek and Ben and Jamie and Jesse. So everybody's got a professional Christian on their team. So calm down. Everybody's good. <laughs> right. In my, house, in my house, the pastor's wife is smarter than the pastor. So I think that's in every Mine house. Mine too. So we're in, Jesse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, round one for what's y'all's team name, uh, Jamie and Jesse? Bible Babes. The Bible Babes. <laughs> it's the Bible Babes versus. That's very fitting. What's y'all? What's y'all, Derek and Ben? Derek, we have to be the party people because the song right. that you did with Social Club Misfits, we play it at our church all the time. Run it. Let's go. Party people. Let's go. Party get people it. versus the Bible Babes. Okay, round one for the Bible Babes. Here you go. Three fake, one real. Is it? What's the real novelty Bible you could buy right now if you wanted to? The Bible for Gardeners? Bible for Gardeners. The Middle Schoolers Extreme Word of God. The Homeschool Moms Bible of Personal Daily Encouragement. Or the Cat Lovers Bible of Perfect Instruction. <laughs> and we're picking the real one? The real one. One's real, three's fake. Unfortunately, they all sound real. <laughs> I hate Tyler. I hate Tyler. My gut, my gut, Jamie is telling me it's the homeschool moms because it seems like from the from the homeschool moms that I you know know or have friends of friends or I know on Facebook, it seems like they like to kind of stick to their own stuff a lot. It seems like a lot of homeschool moms have a lot of purchases that are very specific, very very specifically like marketed to that. Yeah, exactly. They they, they, they they have a tight circle. So uh, the question remains, are there black homeschool moms? Just like are there yes. black homes? Oh, yeah. It's a yeah, bunch yeah. of black homeschool moms. For uh, sure. Jesse, I'm going to go with you. But if, if if Cameron says the Bible for the cats, I'm just going to th- throw a, something across the room because that cannot be true. Let's She's going to go, gonna go storm moms. Lifeway Publishing today. And, <laughs> you, know uh, the, no. you know the answer, Jamie. Uh, the answer, the correct answer is the homeschool moms Bible of personal go, encouragement. There you go. Good, good. Jesse is in touch with his homeschool mom vibe. <laughs> put, yeah, put one on the board for the babes. Just you were concerning me. You're like, well, all the homeschool moms that I know on Facebook and I know in life. You know, it's like, why are you? No, I'm just saying everything moms? I know about everything I know about like homeschooling and homeschool moms. It seems right. they're very into their very specific product lines, all whether right. that be some sort of scented oil or a <laughs> specific Bible or leggings. All right. Uh, okay. Party people. Here's yours. One's uh, three's fake, one's real. The Kurt Cameron Bible for Everyday Wisdom. The Duck Commander Faith and Family Bible. The Marvel Comics Bible for Growing Superheroes. Or the Gamer's Guide to Winning at Life Bible. It's either A or B, bro. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a Duck Commander, but I'm, I have an odd feeling I'm going to get all of these wrong. What was, the, what was the first one? Set. The Kurt Cameron Bible for Everyday Wisdom. It's, nah, not that it's, not that it's 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 B or maybe maybe D, but I th- I think it's B. I think I'm, I'm gonna roll with you on B because the Duck Commander people are very enterprising. So if anybody got their own it's Bible true. off that list, it's true. I know it ain't Marvel because of you know sinful Disney. So let's go. With <laughs> we have a tie game, ladies and gentlemen. It is the it. Duck Commander. <laughs> 
faith and family bible wow Dude, this is interesting well again that that they follow the documentary people followed like og 90s christian author thing where it was like if you write the prayer jabez you better have prayer jabez neckties placemats uh-huh. keychains uh-huh. board games like, you know, yeah exactly uh-huh. like, you know your 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 best life now glassware yep. <laughs> like like whatever we can slap this title on and uh-huh. sell it mm-hmm. that uh that'll do hey, and don't so blame them. that includes that include because you know if get there's anything money. that i get if I, if there's anything that i get from reading the gospel of jesus christ <laughs> it's that if you can slap your own brand on it and resell it for a profit i mean that seems pretty cut and dry. Hey, can i be honest with you jesse back in when we uh 10 15 years ago we were publishing books and stuff zondervan the, the the head of Zondervan wanted to have a meeting about you know doing something together, and he pitched me the idea of doing a relevant study Bible, and I said no because I didn't want to like commercialize the Word of God and just put our brand on it just to sell a couple products. I just felt weird about it. I was like, so I agree with you. This wouldn't be a good time to pitch the Ben Stroop study Bible then. <laughs> well, <laughs> do, do whatever you want to do, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. No one wants that. <laughs> the party people study Bible. I, I picked that one up. All right. Uh, so back to the Bible babes. Here we go. Uh, three fake, one real. The play to win hockey New Testament. The Bible for babies. The plumbers crack open the word Bible. Or the literary Bible for readers. The literary Bible for readers. What was the first one? The play to win hockey New Testament. Again, I would want to say a literary spin that's, on the Bible. That's the one that I feel might be true. I feel like it might be true because I want it to be true. Right. Because that's one like, oh, I'd be interested yeah. to see how that is approached. But my gut is telling me it's the hockey one. <laughs> my, you like think something, something deep that down. specific for hockey players? How many hockey players are in I the did. world? 17. In Canada. <laughs> 17. Canada. Canada's crawling with them. I'm watching the Mighty <laughs> yeah, Ducks uh, show with Cohen. Apparently, hockey's a big deal a up north. It's good. I, I think my, my, my thought is, here's what I think, Jamie. I think somebody in a boardroom at a Bible company one time was like, you know, we should have a uh, a Bible for for the Christian Little League team, and the and the marketing board was like, hey, "Great idea! We'll sell it to the you know the Christian Little League Association." And they're like, "Well, don't stop there. Go for hockey. Go for <laughs> soccer. Go for basketball." I bet they have a whole line of these play to win series. That is what my gut oh, is telling. Oh, a whole line. Me. Okay, let's do it. Oh, it's a series. Let's do it. Oh, it's a series. That's what. That's my gut. That's uh, my gut. The correct answer is the play to win hockey New Testament. Oh my Good gosh, job. Jesse. Holy cow. I'm going to look up play to win Bibles. I like the logic. All right, here we go. Party people. Three fake, one real. Is it the Second Amendment Bible? Not the First Amendment Bible, but the Second Amendment Bible. uh, The Can Opener Bible. The Glass Bible or the Waterproof Bible? Which one's real? The Second Amendment Bible, Can Opener Bible, Glass Bible, or Waterproof Bible? You can go It's definitely not B or C. Uh... So you're it narrowing it to a Second Amendment Bible or Waterproof Bible? When, when, when in doubt, just go with. When in doubt, just go with the most right wing thing you can find. I say we're gonna go with. <laughs> I think we should go with the Second Amendment Bible, bro. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm leaving it up to you because all y'all is white. And y'all know how you know how that work, but you know. I mean, but guns aren't in the Bible, though, are they? I guess there's, hey, weapons. there's, there's weapons. I don't know. It just depends on who you talk to. Man. 
Ben, I'm gonna leave this up I to have, you, bro. Like, I will not answer that question publicly. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, would the waterproof Bible be like have like about hell or about like you could take it on a boat with you? I think I, that sounds very practical, but I like feel like I, that makes too wouldn't much it, sense. Wouldn't it be a fireproof Bible if it was about hell? That's, but maybe that's right, Ben. Sorry. <laughs> a fireproof Bible would be very handy. Why don't we just publish all books as fireproof? Then they don't burn. I what, mean, what you think, Ben? I'm going to roll with you, bro. I forget what D is, so let's go uh, with that. Uh, a Second Amendment Bible is incorrect. It's the waterproof no. Bible. The waterproof Bible is real. Right. Ah. You can go get it. Very practical. It was, it was very practical. I, I low-key want to go get me a waterproof Bible. I when we go it. on our cruise, I will That's... give all of y'all a waterproof Bible in case you get your Bible. Because every morning on a cruise, you're going to do your quiet time out on the deck, you know, in the sea right. mist. Yes. You don't want it to get right. the pages. It, it, it's also... It's also for people who are kind of more biblical literate, literalist. You know, if you're going for a walk and suddenly your face starts to waver and you fall underneath the waves, you know, your Bible will be just fine. <laughs> yeah. You just wrote All a water, CCM you know, song. Water. You did. You water. <laughs> All you need is what? A I water reference? A, yeah. Okay. So next one. Uh, here we go. Uh, Bible babes. Uh, two to one. Uh, three fake, one real. What's the real one? Is it ABC's? The Bachelor New Testament. ABC's The Bachelor New Testament. Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA Bible. The Gridiron to Goal Line Football Bible. Or the Sufjan Stevens 66 Books of Edification and Entertainment Bible. <laughs> Jamie, I think you... Well, I don't think it's The Bachelor because I don't think ABC would put their name on a Bible with The Bachelor. Yeah. Uh, but the football thing, remember, it goes along with your logic. Mm-hmm. Lee Greenwood, I could see like them making a Bible too because you know put your name on it I don't remember the last one so what are your thoughts I, 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 my, my thoughts are the the corner on like Patriot Bibles is probably you know already on lockdown I don't I think people in that who want those kind of Bibles probably have a lot to choose from I don't know if Lee Greenwood's getting in that game hmm. I'm gonna go with the gridiron I saw Jamie when he said it I saw the look on your face like that's probably that's, let's yeah. go. I, I think gridiron yeah she's okay. from Texas she thinks everything's about football the correct answer is. is one that I got a marketing email about three days ago the Lee Greenwood God Bless the USA Bible brand new release you can pre-order now it comes out in September so so now you guys can tie it so it's uh, right now you can catch up here we go it is the party people round three fake one real is it Greta Thunberg's Green Bible the Karl Marx Bible of Living Together the Berenstein Bears Story Bible or U2's Beautiful Day New Testament? What's the real one? Greta Thunberg's Green Bible, the Karl Marx Bible of Living Together, the Berenstain Bears Storybook Bible, or U2's Beautiful Day New Testament? So U2's Beautiful Day. It's not A. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, okay. So that A. And She's then, that 16 year old environmentalist that's in the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she ain't that's got great. one. And then, I feel like she's been 16 years old for like four years. Four years. Yeah, yeah sure. I agree. Eventually, she's going to uh, turn 26 and can't do the uh, 16 year old hook anymore. She's so just a little adult. Berenstain Bears or Karl Marx, Bible of Living Together. Steve Karl Marx got the Bible. I, had, I figured you were a big Karl Marx guy. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> uh, you know, according to everybody else, I'm a liberal uh, socialist. Oh, your Instagram, that, your so. Instagram tells me you are. So. Yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah, actually, I do have the Karl Marx Bible. My fault. I, I forgot. It's in, it's in my closet. I forgot. I, I forgot, y'all. 
Yeah, you know, I, all I those all those extra 150 friends I got from the Dunbar report, let me know that. Um um <laughs> I don't know, bro. I something's tugging on me with the Berenstein Bears story That's Bible. my thought too. Yeah. I think I think the Berenstein Bears. Uh oddly growing up there 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 was the Berenstein Bears storybooks and then like there was a whole line of Christian ones and part of that line was their storybook Bible. That is the correct answer. The Berenstein Bears storybook Bible. Yes. So two two, you guys have caught up. All right, third and third final round. And if we need it, I have a tiebreaker. Third and final round. Here we go. Back to the Bible babes. Three fake, one real. What's the real one? Is it the Law Enforcement Officer's Bible, the Fishers of Men Tackle Box Bible, the Blanket Bible, or the Kim Kardashian Life Bible? Law Enforcement Officer's Bible. Can you explain the Blanket Bible? No. (laughs) Tyler might be able to. It's a Bible made out of blankets. I think, man. I think the only one that makes the only one that would even make sense to me is is like the law enforcement. That's what I was Bible. thinking. Not too. the Fishers of Men tackle box Bible. Okay. I mean, what is the even? Is it, is it a is it a Bible in a tackle box? Is it a tackle box that you can read? Maybe like, it's like understand. a small a small Bible you can put in your tackle box to take with you while you're fishing. You know, I do like hey, the, Cameron, the Fishers can you of Men. Stop? It, it sounds to me a tackle box Bible sounds like when Andy was trying to figure out the you know the give me a break jingle and he's like <laughs> and just like saying consumer saying two consumer products and jamming tackle box Bible like that's what that sounds like to me. I, I think it's the least one too. Fall, final answer is the law enforcement officers Bible. That is correct. Uh, three to two right now. So here we go. Getting smoked. Final right. final round. You guys can tie it right here, and then I have one tiebreaker if you need it. So here we go. Right. Uh, three fake, one real for the party people. The Elvis Presley Study Bible, the Faith, Hope, and Love Bible for beer lovers, the Love is a Word Toby Mac Bible. Love is L U V. Or the Outdoorsman's Woodprint Camouflage Bible. It's not that love is a word, because it would be love is a verb if Toby Mac wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yes. Yeah, it has to be the Outdoorsman yeah. one. Outdoorsman's I think it's the Outdoorsman one. Camouflage Bible. It's Outdoors or what? Uh, Faith, Hope, and Love Bible for Beer Lovers, the Elvis Presley Study Bible, or the Love is a Word. But I think it's Love is a Word because it's the Word of God. Love is a Word, Toby Mac Bible. Man, I'm, I'm going to rock with whatever you say, Brody. I don't know. I was going to let you pick because I don't know. Now I'm now I'm doubting that it wasn't Toby. I know a lot of people love Camo. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people love Camo. I can camo. verify that to be true. Yeah, I rock with Camo. I think, I think it's the Camo. The Outdoorsman's Woodprint yes. Camouflage Bible is correct. We are ending with a tie. Okay, here we go. Here's how we'll do the tiebreaker. I'm going to read all four, and it's a free-for-all. Whoever says the correct answer first wins. <laughs> That's good. Three fake, but one real. can you say, after you read them all, then can you say go? Because I feel like someone's yeah. going to... Okay, sorry. Yeah, because otherwise we just... Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. So be kind. Wait your turn. Here we go. Uh, three fake, one real. Is it the Bible for Scientologists? The Bible zine? The LeBron... King James Version Study Bible or the Mark Driscoll Bible Bible for Alpha Men. The Bible for Scientologists, the Bible Zine, the LeBron King James Version Study Bible or the Mark Driscoll Bible for Alpha Men. What's the right one? B. Are you going to say go? Oh, go. But you didn't say go. I said what's the right one? That was me probably. I cheated. Uh, um. Ben Stroop is correct. It is the Bible zine. Bible zine. They win. The party people win. Bible zine. We 
y'all, it just sounded like something that was like a Bible thing from the 90s. I ain't it's gonna like lie. It's like a half magazine, half uh, Bible. It's designed like a magazine. The same board meeting, know. the same guy was just on fire. He's like, hockey Bible! Football <laughs> Bible! Baseball Bible! Camo Bible! Bible. <laughs> and they're like, yes, give it this guy! Get him a camo one! Get him a duck dynasty! This guy's on fire right now! He's like, I love lamps. Yeah. He's looking around, he sees a magazine. Bible scene! Tackle yeah. box! Yeah. Tackle box Bible! Blanket Bible! They're like, what even is a blanket Bible? <laughs> There's a blanket! Oh, no. oh. <laughs> He's like George Costanza. He's like, I'm out of here! Yeah. <laughs> Going out on a high note. Oh, that's unbelievable. That was an inside look at the Lifeway Publishing uh, board meeting every year. I can't wait for my mom and dad to listen to this so they know that four years I spent at Bible College has really gone That's on to teach true. me some great things. Yeah, but see, your your team name is the party people, so they're already going to be disappointed. So you're just kind of well, offsetting that. We call our church... We call our church the party people church, so oh, it's I not like that, that out of the ordinary for us. But, but really? l- look, I... I, I do think I do think there's a time in Christian publishing where they were like, we need well, all we need is to sell people books that will fit in that coveted spot in modern Christian homes, which is a little wicker basket beside the toilet in the guest bathroom. <laughs> That's where we put books so that our guests know we are religious. We put prayer. Jane does in there. We put, you know, the claim your territory guide mm-hmm. in a little whisker wicker basket beside the toilet in the guest room so that our guests know who we serve in this house. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, party people. Thanks for joining us, Ben Stroop. You got anything you want to plug or, or, or say before we wrap it? I mean, if you're really interested uh-huh. in like Kentucky high school football, Twitter oh, and random thoughts, you can, you can follow me on Twitter at Stroop Ben. Pictures of my kid on Instagram at Stroop Ben. If you're interested in following superhero news and (laughs) things that will trigger white people, follow Derek Miner. If you're interested in Kentucky football, which so all the people who are triggered by Derek Miner can go follow Ben Stroop because he's talking about Kentucky high school football, which and is we the balance each other out. Derek Miner fan though. That was <laughs> football big in Kentucky. Kentucky high school high school football. No, it's not. Okay. I just have no life, oh, okay. so that's what we. T- I don't know. This is what I tweet about in the fall. Right now, we just tweet about the weather. Oh, also little league baseball because I coach <laughs> Wait, my son's team. So like thirty percent chance of rain, sunny this afternoon. <laughs> you follow me when you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, you, hey, that's you don't not look at the weather follow. app. Actually, you don't look at that. You just follow Ben. All that ben. No. <laughs> what it looked like outside. It's ben. more helpful than the stuff most of my yeah people I follow. Tweet. Oh, yeah. I, I will start doing that just for you, though, Cameron. It's so. amazing. Let's do it. All right, it's a good follow. All right, thanks for joining us, man, and congratulations to the party people. Okay, before we wrap it up, I want to thank Louis Giglio for joining us today. Make sure to check out his new book. Don't give your enemy a seat at the table. And uh, remember to go read more of our conversation with Louie. You can check out the quarter life section at relevantmagazine.com. It's presented by UHSM. Also, thanks to Natalie Bergman for joining us. You can check out Mercy wherever you listen to your music. And we highly recommend it. Um, Before we wrap, though, I want to mention again the quarter life section over at Relevant. If you haven't yet, when you visit it, you're going to get... A little thing there. You're going to see a thing where you can download our new free ebook. It's called the Quarter Life Handbook. It's a free download. It features amazing insight and practical advice from leaders ranging from Shauna Nequist to Christine Kane to Scott Harrison and many, many more. It's an amazing resource, a great read. And it's available right now for free thanks to UHSM. Go check it out. It's Quarter Life Handbook. Also, on the homepage of Relevant, you can sign up for our new daily newsletter. 
um, where you get the top five trending articles uh, at Relevant sent to you every morning. And if you head over to the faith section, you can check out our new daily devotional series, Deeper Walk, which is presented by Lumo. Uh, There's a morning devotional email you can get, a new daily devotional podcast. Deeper Walk is awesome. Go check it out. And if you're poking around the site, you might notice some redecorating. Uh, You probably noticed that this very podcast has a new look and brand, a new social media look. You probably noticed a lot of the new stuff we're pushing on Relevant Magazine's Instagram and social media and our stories. And the site just got an update. And I'm telling you, all this stuff, all this newness is just the beginning. We have some massive and fun and exciting things in store right now. I'm bursting to tell you all about it. I can't wait. Uh, But go check out the new stuff that's happening. And uh, just wait. There's more coming. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. And we made it through a whole show without Jesse talking about enterprising lovemakers. Congratulations, (laughs) listeners. You made it. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Have a good week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com I've never seen someone nearly overdose on Oreos. Relevant Podcast Network.